It's Tuesday, July the 13th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, unrest in South Africa and a question about boosters. First, the world in brief. South Africa's President Cyril Ramaphosa condemned, quote, acts of public violence of a kind rarely seen in the history of our democracy. At least six people were killed and nearly 500 arrested in rioting and looting after the jailing of Jacob Zuma, a former president. The rand tumbled on news that the army has been deployed in Gauteng and KwaZulu-Natal provinces. The World Health Organization said that there was little data to support the mixing of vaccines or the need for boosters. The WHO criticized rich countries and drug makers for ordering or supplying boosters, while other countries are still waiting for vaccines. Israel is offering immunocompromised adults a third dose. America's Food and Drug Administration issued a warning about the risks of a rare neurological side effect from Johnson & Johnson's vaccine. France is to make vaccines mandatory for healthcare workers, while other citizens will need health cards to obtain some services. From August, proof of either vaccination, previous infection or a negative test will be required at shops, bars and on trains. RT-PCR tests, which are currently free, will start to cost. Healthcare workers must be vaccinated by September 15th. Democrats from the legislature of Texas fled the state en masse in order to deny a quorum to the Republican majority. The absconders intend to block a bill that would further restrict voting rights and presumably hurt their chances at the polls, and also to draw attention to the need for a federal intervention. Chartered flights brought them to Washington. President Joe Biden said that America supports the people of Cuba who, quote, are bravely asserting fundamental and universal rights. On Sunday, thousands marched in cities across the country demanding food and medicine as well as an end to their country's 62-year-old dictatorship. Yesterday, the streets of Havana were quietened, with internet services intermittently blocked and at least 100 activists arrested. The European Union agreed to delay a corporate tax plan to help facilitate international agreement on an American-led global minimum tax proposal for multinationals. The EU had been planning to introduce a levy on online sales, but American officials feared that such a policy could intensify opposition to its own proposal. Four new criminal charges were filed against Aung San Suu Kyi, the deposed leader of Myanmar. The charges included corruption, but Ms. Suu Kyi's lawyers said they had been given little information about what their client was accused of. She has been detained since a putsch in February in which the army overthrew the democratically elected government. And fact of the day. Of the 7,840 cases raised under India's draconian national security law between 2015 and 2019, just 2% resulted in a conviction. And now, here's today's agenda. Stress test, American inflation. Those who trade in bonds have been betting that the burst of high inflation troubling America's economy will be temporary. Today's unveiling of the Consumer Price Index for June will offer an early sign of whether they are right. 
May capped three months in which core prices, which exclude volatile food and energy, rose at an annualized pace of 8.3%, the highest since the early 1980s and more than had been expected. Headline inflation, which compares all prices with those from a year earlier, reached 5%. Forecasters expect that the headline figure fell slightly in June, but if prices overshoot predictions again, then markets may have some rethinking to do. Just as inflation has taken off, the 10-year Treasury yield, which incorporates inflation expectations, has fallen from over 1.7% to about 1.3%. That may comfort the Federal Reserve and the White House, who expect inflation to subside once pandemic-related disruptions to supply chains have eased. On their knees, Cubans protest their situation. Cubans are bracing for further unrest following protests on Sunday when thousands took to the streets across the Caribbean island, calling for, quote, freedom. Discontent has risen over an economic crisis. The economy contracted by 11% in 2020. The government has likely liberalized the economy in recent years, but foreign investment languishes thanks in part to state inefficiencies and incompetence. The pandemic, worsening because of the Delta variant, has killed tourism. American sanctions bite too. The government's lack of hard currency has caused the worst food shortage since the 1990s. Cuba imports around 70% of what it eats, as well as products for domestic farming. President Miguel Diaz-Canel has called on supporters to confront future, quote, provocations. Without the charisma of Fidel or even Raul Castro, many fear he will turn to security forces who were deployed on Sunday and Monday and violence to tamp down protests. Pushing Pills, Syria's Narco State War, Western sanctions and the predatory rule of the Assad regime have ravaged Syria's economy. But a little white pill increasingly acts as a stimulant. Over the past decade, Bashar al-Assad, the president, has become the world's prime pusher of Captagon, an amphetamine that overcomes fear and sleep. A flourishing cottage industry exists, and large pharmaceutical plants have been converted into pill factories. From Syria, the drugs travel by land, air and sea. One ship's haul last year exceeded the country's annual legal exports. Estimates this year suggest that ever more is being stashed in paper rolls, parquet flooring and pomegranates than ever before. Most of the production is bound for the Gulf, where Captagon is popular. The trade earns billions of dollars for the warlords and some of Mr. Assad's relatives who smuggle it. And the pills, say observers, might also have a political purpose. Normalize ties, or Syria will flood your country with drugs. The next catastrophe, COVID-19 in Indonesia. Southeast Asia is swimming in COVID-19. For much of 2020, it had far fewer cases than Europe and North America, But low vaccination rates, limited testing and more transmissible variants have changed that. Cambodia, Myanmar, Thailand and Vietnam are continually breaking their own records for daily cases. In absolute terms, Indonesia is the worst off, with the most cases in Asia after India. The daily number of new infections, probably an undercount, has grown eightfold over the past month. 
The healthcare system is drowning. Over the past five weeks, the number of hospital patients has more than trebled to around 81,000. Oxygen supplies are dangerously low. Overwhelmed doctors are being forced to choose which patients will receive care. This month, the government announced new restrictions to try and curb the surge. Houses of worship, malls and restaurants on Java and Bali, two of the country's main islands, have shut until July 20th. But the government's efforts are too little, too late. Good Trouble, the Essays of John Lewis The final musings of John Lewis, the American civil rights leader who died last July, are published in a new book today. In Carry On, Reflections for a New Generation, penned following his diagnosis with pancreatic cancer in December 2019, the late congressman ruminates on social justice, forgiveness and leadership. His last months provided no shortage of topics to grapple with, from the pandemic to the Black Lives Matter protests. As chairman of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee in the 1960s, Lewis was a pivotal figure of the civil rights movement. His determination to stir up, quote, good trouble never faded. He was arrested over 40 times, most recently in 2013 at a rally for immigration reform. But his optimism shines through his final reflections. He could rest easy, as he had previously said, knowing that as he considered America's future, in many ways, quote, the battle of good to overcome evil is already won. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Frida Kahlo, who died on this day in 1954. I drank because I wanted to drown my sorrows, but now the damned things have learned to swim. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.